Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, October 5th, 5.30 a.m. Central Time as I speak. Greens are mixed here this morning. Joe is out again today, so I have Brian Split joining me. Let's start off uh, this morning with some energy news. Crude oil prices sank yesterday. WTI crude front month futures fell 5.6% to settle slightly above $84 a barrel. WTI has fallen 10% since setting a 13-month high last Wednesday and has dropped to its lowest price in five weeks. OPEC members Saudi Arabia and Russia both confirmed yesterday that they will continue to cut crude oil prices, excuse me, crude oil supplies until the end of the year. Some analysts believe OPEC will make more cuts to support prices as interest rates remain high, which of course is impacting demand. So what do you make of these declining prices? And is this drop in prices a signal that a recession may be on the horizon? Yeah, I think a lot of this uh, price action has more to do with the Fed meeting last week and the pause in rates than anything else. Um, that was something that leading up into that meeting, I was reading that we've seen that in previous history where uh, when, when you're in that uh, rate increase campaign um, and energy prices are rising, once they hit that pause, then uh, that's the uh, the start of the, the break in energy value. So um, it's been rather precipitous. It's been a, a pretty aggressive break. Uh, we're, we're down even more this morning, I think about another buck and a half. Um, so I, I think there's a, a lot of support in that 83.50 area, and we'll see if that uh, level stops the selling. But uh, as of right now, the fund manager seems to be in liquidation mode. On to some news from Ukraine. Ukrainian grain exports have declined. So yesterday, 12 more ships were sailing towards Ukrainian Black Sea ports using a temporary humanitarian corridor that was, that was established after the Black Sea grain deal expired back in July. However, since July, Ukrainian grain exports have decreased by 24% year over year. Exports have fallen to 6.82 million tons, down from 8.99 million tons during the same period last year. Ukraine is expected to harvest 79 million tons of grain and oil seed this year. So as Ukraine continues to have issues exporting agricultural products, and this is nothing new, obviously, are we going to see this have an impact on global markets at some point, or is this just more of the same? Yeah, I mean, very fluid situation, hard to tell. Um, you know, there's some rumors this week that uh, that grain corridor would potentially be opened again. And actually, October 5th was the day that uh, the rumors were circulating. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, you know, Russia really hasn't gotten uh, agreement to what they want, which is reentry into the SWIFT system and uh, a couple other things. And I think they're acknowledging that that's really not going to happen. Um, I think another part of this is... Uh, world demand for grains um and so you know it's not only ukraine exports that are down but um, you know you think about our even our own domestic exports uh so that i think that's also part of this but uh there's stuff going on with with turkey and whether or not some of the um the russian officials that are are agreeing to things leaving turkey to head towards uh ukraine those ships if they're uh you know causing them to to get stuck at those ports but th this is a very fluid situation it's it's very difficult to try and forecast uh, how this all pans out 
So we had a flash sale yesterday. USDA reported a flash sale of U.S. corn. Uh, U.S. exporters sold 196,607 metric tons of corn to Mexico. Of the total, 109,226 metric tons is for delivery during the current marketing year and 87,381 metric tons is for delivery during the 24-25 marketing year. So we've seen Mexico come in and buy a fair amount of corn over the last few weeks, including one sale where they purchased 41, uh, 41 million bushels. Is this flash, flash sale considered routine business? Are we gonna see more of this as they continue to make these purchases? Is this enough to uh, impact the market? You know, a sale of this size, likely not. Um, you know, you think about the sale that we had last week where it was over a million tons. Uh, and that was that was something that um, you know hopefully we we get more of. Uh, typically, that type of a sale, uh, Mexico will come in in November and make a very large purchase. So I would expect uh, maybe in about a month, month and a half, we're going to see something of a very large magnitude. That's their typical buying pattern. And we might see them kind of sprinkle in some of these smaller sales uh, here and there. But uh, it's not so much Mexico I'm concerned about. Um, it's it's more some of these Asian customers that uh, we've grown accustomed to that have been very strong buyers, uh, Japan being one of them. Um, they have really slowed down their purchases. Uh, and, and of course, everybody would really love to see China show up. Right. So some news coming out of Argentina. Uh, Argentina, they remain plagued with dry conditions. After suffering from a historic drought last year that reduced crops by 50%, the majority of the country is still in need of moisture. The lack of precipitation may soon cause losses for the country's wheat crop. The Rosario Grains Exchange recently trimmed its forecast for the 23-24 wheat harvest to 15 million tons due to dry conditions. Conditions. Weather forecasts in Argentina are calling for little to no rain in the coming days. So if dry conditions do persist in Argentina, uh, they could again see some major crop losses this year. And if this happens, what kind of impact will this have on the global markets? Well, I think wheat is probably the, the crop that um, we'll see impacted here short term, but really for Argentina, it's mainly the soybean crop um, if they remain dry and uh, that is going to continue to have an impact on on uh, the global soy meal market. So Argentina uh, exports quite a bit of their soybean crop as meal. Uh, we saw the effects of that last winter and that has continued to have a, a tighter domestic or a, a domestic uh, uh, meal market with with everything going on globally. Um, so if you have the Argentine uh, country as a whole uh, continue to have drought conditions. I think probably moving forward, it's going to be more of a, a soybean issue. We do have a, uh, a pretty strong seasonal tendency for soybeans to make some kind of lows this time of year. And we're going to be going really into the South American weather market here shortly. So I think October 15th is kind of a date that's been tossed around where if we've got uh, concerns about dryness, whether it's Argentina or Brazil or both combined, uh, that the soybean market will start taking note. So ethanol production was flat on the week. Weekly output of 1.01 million barrels was steady compared to last week and up 18% versus the same week last year. Ethanol stocks were pegged at 21.88 million barrels. The print declined slightly on the week and was down 3.6% versus the same week last year. Implied gasoline demand fell 7% compared to last week and was down 9.2% 
versus the same week last year. On average, over the last four weeks, implied U.S. gasoline demand is down 3% versus the same period last year. Ethanol production is currently sitting at the highest level of the past five years. Will production remain elevated? You know, as long as the margins are there um, and and uh, they seem to be right now. But early in the segment, we talked about crude oil and those price declines. And uh, you'd really like to see crude oil stabilize in order for that to continue to be the case. Uh, but I think that the uh, ethanol plants, as long as there's a strong margin, they will continue to produce as much as they can uh, and, and take advantage of those margins. So gasoline's demand for week average fell to its lowest level seasonally since 1998. What are your thoughts on this significant de- significant decline? Well, that leads back to what you had asked. Are we heading into a recession? Um, I think there's a lot going on right now. Uh, and, you know, we, we, when we think back again to the Fed and, and the interest rate pause, um, these are all kind of things that uh, have historically led to declines in energy values, declines in equity values. Um, and just the fact that we've got this implied gasoline demand down. And these aren't uh, small uh, down ticks. Uh, you know, some of those numbers you rattled off are, are rather considerable. So uh, that's concerning. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a believer in the rising tide lifts all boats. And when the tide goes back out to, to sea, uh, you know, everything kind of comes down at the same time, too. So uh, that would be a, a concern, I think, for uh, ethanol production and just demand in general. So we saw cattle futures stabilize a bit on Wednesday following some steep losses on Tuesday. Feeder cattle futures closed narrowly mixed from an average of 39 cents lower to an average of 33 cents higher. Not a lot of movement. Uh, Same with live cattle futures. They closed an average of 13 cents higher. The losses we've seen in the cattle futures over the past week, is that just a correction in your opinion or is more downside on tap? Um, I don't know, uh, but I think it could be the latter. Um, I, I actually, somebody had, had pointed out the decline in cattle and, and a lot of the, the uh, market pundits, who, or whatever you want to call them, uh, talking about the economy. And um, so I thought, all right, we've got two markets that have kind of made some highs at the same time, crude oil and live cattle. <clears throat> So I just overlaid a chart of the two together, and it's pretty incredible over the last several months how both of those have really correlated very strongly. Uh, They both, uh, at least for the short term, have made highs at the same time. Um, And so uh, I would be really uh, keeping an eye on the crude oil market as far as sentiment for cattle. And and you kind of think about um, the potential chink in the armor for cattle is going to be economic sentiment, right? So I don't think anything has changed as far as, uh, you know, fixing the issue of, of the amount of cattle that are out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if the perception is that um, we've got things happening right now with, uh, you know, a decrease in disposable income, um, you know, you've got the the uh, the loans that are going to be the student loans are going to be having to be paid back here short term. I was looking at consumer spending uh, all all year. It's just been down, down, down. Uh, so all of that leads to uh, some concerns about energy demand and uh, and and beef demand. So I I think to me uh, we may have have made a, a significant high in the cattle market um, and we might have a little bit more correction to go, especially if the fund manager. Uh, is concerned about their long position and and we're in a a phase right now where they just want to um, uh, reduce their position size across different markets. Right. Well, thank you for joining me, Brian. That is all we have for you guys this morning. Have a great day and we will chat with you tomorrow.